Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And on today's episode, returning guest Jim Giffen comes and we talk about Star Wars, the Clone Wars, um, specifically a lot about Anakin Skywalker um, and the correlation of the, all of the mental health aspects of the Clone Wars and kind of how it relates to, you know, mental health with the fire service and first responders. So had a great conversation, had a great time making this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Um, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Um, so here you go. The uh, Washdown podcast, the Clone Wars episode. Where you guys would need permission to talk about it. What's that? The Clone Wars. Just Clone Wars and... I don't know. I will find out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other people do all kinds of reviews and all that kind of stuff on it. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're trying to copy it. Right? That's where you get your copyright infringement. Yeah. Copy something or use it to yeah. make money where a discussion about something is different. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's my argument. And I think worst case scenario, you get a cease and desist letter. Yeah. You're like, don't talk okay. about our show anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you brought notes? Yeah. That's awesome. what, dude, I've been thinking. Just that's why I, I got an crazy. iPad, yep. <laughs> and it's not going to be just the Clone Wars. I think it's going to be all of it because there's yeah. so many lessons over the whole thing when you start breaking it down, and even other shows like Ted, yep. Ted Lasso is all mental health. Oh yeah, dude, it 100 percent is. We're like five episodes into season two. Yeah, and I'm like, like the first ep- like the first three episodes, I'm like, fucking Jeremy, this stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, everything's changing. I still see. I I still won't be fired. I'm gonna disparage the show all the whole time. I'll be back on the next one. Yeah, we Job's bullshit, man. man. <laughs> Let's move the mic a little bit oh, more. Sorry, man. More towards you or you yeah. towards it or how's that? That there great. We go. Sounds yeah. good. So yeah, the we have to do that Instagram post. Yes, the hashtag fire Chris. Can I give the middle fingers or no? No, we're not gonna be like a certain. We're you not, know we're not gonna talk about that. Let, yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, Ooh, I just found a quote from Phantom Menace that I think would work. Oh, so you oh. Can start at the beginning. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> let's go. So it was from uh, was it Shmi? Is that her first name? Skywalker. Uh, yes, Ma- Mom Sky- Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> Mama Skywalker. You can't stop change any more than you can stop the suns from setting. So it's all. I just looked up mental health quotes from Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. And this is what perfect. Up. That's awesome. So people have already done it. We're done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just gonna give our our two cents on it. Yeah. So it says she offers the pearl of wisdom to her young boy who is resisting leaving her for the life of a freed slave. So I guess you can could relate that to Stockholm syndrome a little bit. I know it's a little different than mental health, like fire service, police, or law enforcement, all that, but. Yeah, but is it really? Because you're kind of institutionalized as a firefighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit. Like, I mean, they even use the same paint. So, what's the? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be calming on the on the, on the inmates. <laughs> so, what's the two things firefighters hate? Change in the way things are. And what did Anakin hate? Change in the way things were. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, to, to me, it relates. Yeah. So, discuss. Yeah, but we talked about that too. Of and I want to get your opinion on it in the Phantom Menace. Like it didn't seem like he was like super unhappy. 
Like he seemed like a pretty carefree kid, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like he got to, like you mentioned whenever we were talking about it, like he got to basically play with his toys, hang out with his friends, yep. you know, and yeah, he had some like work to do and stuff, but it didn't seem like he was super bothered by it. Mm-mm. No, until and he, and he gave, he talked shit back to, um, what was his name? I can't remember his name all of a sudden. The guy that owned him. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the bug dude. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Like the Gu- Guado or something. Yeah. Was it Guado? Watto. 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 Yep. Okay. So, yeah. But, I mean, he, he talked back. and Now, we never saw if he got punished. We don't know if his mom ever got punished. Because you never really saw her really do anything slave-wise. Like, every time we saw her, she was at home. Or man, maybe she had to cook for him. I don't know what the deal was. They never explained it, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's, when you talk about slavery. Yeah. Well, and in. You know, and what you, what in other, other slaves you'd seen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know much, much about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You, they give you just enough to go for you to draw your own conclusion or kind of paint your own picture with it. Of, yeah. Well, he was a slave. Well, everybody kind of has an idea of what that, yeah, that is. That elicits a certain reaction. Yeah. So, but you don't really see him start to change really and start to kind of go down that dark path until the second movie. And then he's a teenager. And some of that you think, oh, well, he's just a headstrong teenager. And without taking yeah. into account all of the dark side stuff. And so what, what ha- well, I guess the question would be what happened in those 10 years? From when we see him in the first movie to the second movie. Well, I think you also got to look at, so back when he was a slave, he he didn't know what he didn't know. Like, that was his right. life, being a slave. He didn't realize things could be better or that what was going on in his, in his life was wrong. To him, all of that was just normal. Right. That's what he grew up with, so it wasn't a big deal at all. Um, and then he goes into, you know, he goes in with the Jedi, and he's like, Oh, there's a lot more to it than just that on top of I just left my mom. The only th- person that actually ever cared about me mm-hmm. is gone now. And the Jedi, they don't get into the whole emotions and we're not going to show feelings and da-da-da-da-da. So now he doesn't have anybody who really, like they train him, but are they actually emotionally connected with them? Yeah, there's no comforting there. Yes. And, so, and I, he got rid of all that with his mom. I, I would argue they were still comforting there from Obi-Wan. Yep, I agree. Even, even though you didn't, they didn't say it, you could see it in his actions, how he spoke to him, how he mentored him. And, of course, that's part of your job <clears throat> as being the master and having a Padawan. I, and I get that, but you could see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obi-Wan loved him. Yeah, but I think, and he even said it. Yeah, the last one he considered him as a brother, and I think he needed more of a father Father. figure. He probably which is what Palpatine filled that role. And I I think where that's where Yoda or Mace or, and I think Qui Gon would have been that father figure, where he was way older than Anakin, and Obi Wan was what ten years older, maybe. Yeah, he was still still, young and ignorant. That's that's still brother. Remember that yet? Remember, while he was training Anakin, for the most part, he wasn't a master. Mm-hmm. He was just a Jedi Knight. Yeah. So there's an experience level there. Yeah. That he didn't have. 
So, I mean, I'm not saying it's Obi-Wan's fault that he turned to the dark side, but... No, I think there was a lot of... <laughs> it's never one one reason. No, it's... You can see, and especially watching... You know, you get a sense of it in the movies, but whenever you go and watch The Clone Wars, that kind of fills in some of those gaps. Yeah. You can see all of the little missteps and the little things, the little hot buttons mm-hmm. that are kind of being pushed with him of, you know, he kind of doesn't agree with the Jedi Council. He feels betrayed a little bit and, like, he wants to protect people but feels like he's being prevented from doing that. And then you've got Palpatine in his ear. So, like, you know, saying you're right, yeah. you should be doing all these things. And yep. Yeah. Where you had, you, had, you had both. You had you had the Council, you had Palpatine, and they, were, they each had their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Where I think if... You, if you start looking at it from okay, the force, so we, they, they they make it seem like Palpatine created Anakin. There was no father. That's kind of how the movie makes it seem. But what if it wasn't either side? What if it was the force that created him to bring balance? Right, the force did it because the right. force can do what it wants. Well, and he did. He he did, but not in the way that we thought. Yeah, because of what happened over his life. But what if he was supposed to be the gray Jedi? Where he's not good, he's not bad, he's just him. It's his own sense of right and wrong. It's bringing balance of the force that way. Right. It's a theory. I've read that theory before. Like, Instead of just one side or the other, yeah. it's right in the middle. Because yeah. it, I, like you hear repeatedly in the series, from a certain point of view. Yeah. So like you bring up slavery, there was a whole race of slavers. Mm-hmm. So you ask them if slavery is wrong, absolutely not. But you ask, Anakin, well, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, it's all your point of view. Now, I'm not saying slavery is a good thing. I I don't think it is. Yeah, we'll clarify that. Star real Wars quick. perspective. This yeah. is right. Star Wars perspective, yes. and, and and different from different planets, different systems, and all that. Yeah. Well, and if you to kind of go back to the whole balance, he's being the gray man kind of thing. That's one of the episodes in the Clone Wars where they get stuck oh, yeah. on. Spoiler that. alerts, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen it, yeah. If you haven't seen it, then whatever <laughs> you're probably not watching this if you haven't seen it <laughs> yeah um so but you know you had the basically the father who's the middle he's the gray guy mm-hmm. and then you've got one that's light and one that's dark yeah the son the son was dark the and son the daughter was dark was light. daughter was light i right? love that little mini series in there mm-hmm. too i thought it was amazing and then you know that was the whole thing of you're the chosen one to take my spot yeah to be in the middle and that's probably where that theory comes from as from I think that's episode. where it has a lot of, a lot of its base in yeah. it. Yeah. So and then so what happens then if he does that instead of? It's a good question. Would he have brought balance to the force that way? Yeah. And what happens if the dude that was the gray guy if he doesn't wipe Anakin's memory at the end of that episode because Anakin sees what he's going to become? Yeah. Yeah, but, but have, now what 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 would have changed then? So you equate that hmm. to you equate that to mental health of, you know, especially with a first responder of sitting there and going, you know, knowing that shit is not the same as it used to be, but then not doing anything to correct it. Yeah. Like, and you can see, like, anybody can step back and go, all right, I know where this path leads. There's enough information out there now that pretty much, and it's so prevalent that we can see, okay, if I do this, 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 then this this is where I'm going to end up, you know, with PTSD, addiction, any of mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's being able to take that step back and look at it 
and then make a change. Whereas he was denied that ability. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he didn't have all the information, but I mean, make a change. You got to start with the man in the mirror. No Michael Jackson quotes. <laughs> That's one. I'm, 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 I'm going to go ahead and tally that up here. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if you can work Billie Jean in here somewhere. Oh, man. There's a lot. Um, what do you uh, got? My mind just went to a lot of different places. It does, um, doesn't it? <laughs> but, like, there's a there's a certain point, you know. I don't know where to start. So we we just talked about we think he kind of didn't have a choice, but he was the type of guy. He's very similar to us. We put the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. We've got to handle everything. When he's literally got people next to him that are saying, I am here to help you. What do you need? I am here. Of course, he's in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And so all he's seeing is just his perspective. I've got to manage everything, especially as a Jedi Knight. You know, during the Clone Wars, I've got to handle all this, even though I'm in a master's spot. And then I'm going to have my pride kick in and be like, I'm doing a master's job, but I'm a Jedi Knight. Why am I not a master? That pride is just kicking in and tearing away at him, all while he's struggling with all of his childhood stuff. Um, so let me let me pick your minds on this. So we'll go with childhood stuff before I go. I mean, you could go so many different directions. So broken home, right? He grew up in a broken home, never had a dad. And then he's taken away from his mom. So was it a broken home if there was no dad? Yes. Yeah. So you've got to have for it to be, and this is my perspective, you know, I... A lot of my perspectives and my how I feel is biblically centered. So, broken home is not having a... I mean, you could even have a home that has a father and a mother, and it could still be broken. Because it can... Absolutely. You can have the lack of communication. There's no love. They're I mean, just lacking in everything that these kids need. His was, for sure, a broken home because it's just his mom. Not saying his mom did a bad job of raising him, especially in a being raised in a slave life right Mm -hmm. she did the best she could and but there's no dad around so the best dad that he had was Watto Watto yes um (laughs) you know I mean that was his dad and this guy was a Scrooge right would you think do you think maybe he created C-3PO as a father figure hmm that just hit me I, I haven't heard anything about that I just thought about it and it could be out there already I don't know I'm not gonna take credit for somebody else's work but why would you create uh, a droid, a protocol droid, who, like C-3PO, if you don't need... So didn't he... <clears throat> I want to it say... It was to help his mom. Yeah. That was right? the excuse he gave, was to help his mom. So, which, that, that's fine. But when you have two parents in a home who love each other, you know, they're for each other, what do they do? They help each other. You yeah, know, I, 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 it, it, it's not a theory that's going to, it's got a lot of holes in it. And I, and I understand that. But from a certain point of view. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, from a per- point of view of, hey, look, when I come home, I've always got that 
male figure and the mother yeah. figure there. And he was very so. caring the entire time. From the second he turned him on till, I mean, even even throughout the whole thing, C-3PO always cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> He's a protocol droid. What yeah. do you expect? But, that you know, it's all in his programming. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can see that. I to know, a just, point. Just, just a, something I thought of just now. Yeah. I don't really know if I can get on board with that theory. Uh, I would think more he, like he created him to help his mom and was like more of like a friend kind of. I mean, it could be. Well, and also but, like just being the, the fixer, like, or... Maybe that was one of his coping mechanisms was, hey, I can build this thing that can help others. Yeah. He's already doing that role of I'm here to help people. You look at episode one, he's not realizing his traumatic stuff he has going on in his life, but he's already got that switch flicked on of I've got to help everybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's helping the Jedi. He's helping his mom through the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't realize the baggage that he's putting on his shoulders already. He's, yeah. he's helping Watto make a ton of money. Yes. And, you know, in, in a way, he's <clears throat> he's even helping him, helping Watto when he bets on the pod races because he knows Anakin's going to lose and he's the only human doing it. Yep. Hmm. I mean, it's, it, some of these are stretches. I, I get that. <clears throat> but it's just trying to yeah, see but it from a different angle. It's not a really big stretch for what Jim said. No, I agree. Of the having that helper mentality yeah. and the problem solver mentality at such an early age, taking all that weight on him. Because what was he in that first movie? Like seven? Yeah, seven Something or like eight. That. Seven or eight? He's really young. Yeah. Well, and the thing about that, like, so again, he only had his mom. Who's supposed to be the guy taking all the weight on his shoulders and being the fixer and everything? It's supposed to be the dad. Yeah. Totally not in the picture. Yeah. So, especially as males. Even at a young age, if you're with a single mom raising a kid, guess who will feel like they need to take on all the weight? Yeah. The boys. Yeah. They are naturally going to do that because we are, this isn't saying who's stronger versus male or female at all. I think there are just differences between men and women. As men, we naturally want to be strength and the leaders and the caretakers and the people who... Um, just give everything to those around us and especially our loved ones like our single mom and so you see this kid just doing that yeah. he's he's the one who's going out and working his butt off for auto or Watto sorry well, yeah and uh but his, like you said his mom is staying at home she's the caretaker of the house and he's the one working his butt off at seven he's already taken everything on his shoulders and he has no idea how that's going to affect him down the road so it's pretty so like we said we don't know what her her role was Mm -hmm. as being a slave and maybe it was to make food and do little things around other places do all the errands essentially yep they just never talked about it yeah I don't know I don't know I had some I had some good notes I I did a little training uh, for our fire department and it was just talking about you know, I like to keep my stuff peer support PTSD related. And uh, one of the things that I brought up, I did a lot of research, was so for kids, and again, this is just different. You can kind of see some of this going on in Anakin's life when he's growing up, especially 
we'll read it. Drug abuse up to 1,700% uh, more in a broken home for these kids. Violent crimes are up 700%, and these are minimums. Uh, firearm offenses up to 600%, and nonviolent crimes up to 500%. So let's just talk about the nonviolent crimes or even violent crimes in, uh, sorry about that, um, in um, Anakin's life. You see his his anger and his rage is a lot higher because he, again, he went seven, eight years without having that male figure teaching him self-control. And self-control is basically in control of your strength. So men, like men, were, were naturally stronger. But having that self-control is control over that and control of our anger and our rage. And we look at him and he like flicks a switch all the time, like real quick, like bam. And he's not even thinking about the decisions he's making. He's just strictly or just completely going off of anger and rage. A lot, a lot of his fighting is instinct. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, got, he's got great instincts, don't get me wrong. Yes. But I think a lot of it comes from that. Yep. Especially like when you start talking about the droids. And there was some strategic stuff that he had learned over time, but it was still, how am I going to overpower this battalion of, of droids coming at me? Right. He was good at it, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it doesn't always work out, as you know. When you see when he fights Dooku the first time, didn't and, even come up with game plan. He just no, like just attack. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Dooku's a master. I mean, yep. <laughs> the best defense is a good offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it worked, worked out well for Anakin. Yep. <laughs> and then even the second time, like it, yeah, he got, he gotten a lot stronger. Well, so it's the second time in the movies because they fought more in the cartoon, and he was able to hold his own. Like you could see him getting stronger and better. But it was still just raw. Where he didn't have the techniques and mm-hmm. and all that. Where if he would have stopped and thought about it and had control, like you're saying, I think he would have beat Dooku easily. Yep. And Dooku was was great with his lightsaber and with the force. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock Count Dooku, but Anakin was just better. Self control goes a lot way. If, yeah. Yeah. You've got the skill plus the self control <clears throat> in your life. And he was dis. And Dooku was very disciplined. Yep. Yeah, because he was a Jedi Master before he turned. Yeah. And he was Yoda's yeah, Padawan. Mm-hmm. And Dooku still couldn't take Yoda. He ran like a bitch from Yoda. <laughs> I'll I would it. too. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would too. <laughs> I mean, even Palpatine ran from Yoda. Yeah. He's like, this little green guy don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, I'm just going to make him angry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, supposedly the only person that ever beat Yoda in a lightsaber battle was Mace Windu. I believe it because he uses that style, that forbidden style. And I can't think of the name of it. It's where I, where you use your anger to your advantage, and you're teetering a line. There, there's like seven forms, and it's the seventh. Yeah, so that's what Anakin needed to learn. Then is yeah. that one? Yeah. yeah, and he would have been. He probably would have been able to take Windu and everybody else. So. My opinion on that was, and correct me, you guys might have a different idea, but the anger and rage was almost like an addiction. So for him to use a lightsaber style like that but that's, would that's have been like an alcoholic going, I'm just going to have one drink. 
Yeah, I, I, can, I can buy I that. I think he was probably one of those people that complete abstinence was the only solution for him. Maybe, but, you know, at a young age, if he was taught, if it was recognized and he was taught self-control, because Mace was angry. You, I, and I get Samuel yeah, Jackson played him, and that's, how that's a natural times, facial expression. He's a great actor. How many <laughs> times did Obi-Wan say, control, Anakin, mm-hmm. control your emotion? Okay. It wasn't that he wasn't taught. He just yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. So whether he was incapable in or being manipulated, difference in being taught and being told. You can tell someone to control their anger at all times. Well, you have to assume that they did some exercises at the Jedi Temple over that. I mean, one, one would think, but yeah. Or maybe that's the the negative of him at such a, I say, such an old age. You know, they like him to come in younger. Yeah. Maybe that was one of the negatives, is, yeah. is they knew that it would be harder for them to learn that at an older age like that. Yeah. And he had trouble. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that, <laughs> so now that's we, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. That's the understatement of the podcast yes, so far. So would, would you say it's, it's, it's the, to, to teach them or to brainwash them at a young age? I don't, I don't think... Uh, Having self-control over your emotions is a negative thing. But it's self-control in the way they want it. Not in, you know, there's multiple ways to have self-control. Like, it's it's not a bad thing to be to get angry every once in a while. You have to let your emotions mm-hmm. out. You can't keep it buried. Yes. But when you're talking about teaching people not to be angry, because anger leads to fear. Fear leads to the, the dark, dark side. side. You know yeah. what I mean? So... You can't ever get angry. Mm-hmm. You can't get ang- You can't tell me Yoda was never angry or worried. I mean, you saw him get worried plenty of times. Well, and he even talked about that in maybe it was Rebels, where he was talking to um, Kane and Jarrus. I think mm-hmm. in one episode there, he was talking about how that's how basically they allowed Palpatine to take over is because. Yoda failed and he was let his anger and worry and fear kind of override and made, led him to make bad decisions. And he didn't recognize it because of how clouded everything was. So it makes sense. But, but again, you still have to, you can't ignore half your emotions and that's kind no. of, what, that's kind of how, what, what I, that's what I saw as the Jedi teaching throughout the movies and the cartoons, the early, the one, two, and three and the cartoons yeah, is, oh yeah, that's a bad thing. We can't, it's over right. here. We don't, they we did. don't talk they about that. They wanted to cut out thing. all emotions. They want you to yeah. cut it out. And you can't, yeah. you just, you can't, you have to embrace your emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a failure. Kind of, kind of seems like that talk that we had the other day about compartmentalization. Yeah. Ignoring your emotions, doing the job. Okay. Well, you still have to feel them. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, gonna, a, there's a time and a place to. Yeah. Carp- I can never say the fucking word. Compartmentalize? <laughs> yes. I always, for some reason, I struggle with that word. Hit the button, dude. I'll, <laughs> I'll pronounce yeah. shit for you. So, but when you're in the heat of a moment in battle, yeah, you've got to focus on what you're doing to get out alive. But then you still have to deal with those later, and they never dealt with it. Right. That's That's what I saw. Yeah. So you think the combination of, I mean, it's a classic stacking. Yeah. Right? 
So he has a bad childhood. So it sets him up for failure right there. And then he goes into an organization that says, deny your emotions. Yeah, that's strike set two. Him up. Strike two. Then he goes into a war where he sees friends and, you know, brothers in arms die. Mm-hmm. And he's responsible for some of that. And then he's got this other person going, well, if they would let you do this, it would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you have to four strikes. Yeah. So we're already on our, our second batter of the inning. Yeah. And then he's making decisions as a general that are getting people killed that he cares That's about. what I just said. I know, but you're, t- you're talking about he's seeing people die. I'm talking about decisions. That's so, what I said. So there's, there's a difference. No, I said he's seeing people die, friends die, and he's responsible. Yeah. That means he was making the decisions. So you're just trying to say it in a different way. No, so just because you, just cause you feel <laughs> responsible doesn't mean you made the decision. You knew what I meant. Details matter, man. Jack Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I agree with you. So, yes. but it, but it's both. It's not yeah. only the decisions he's made that's getting yeah. people killed, but it's also seeing decisions that he hasn't made, but he's part of a battle and seeing people die. Yeah. So so it's both. So you got it's another two strikes. It's two strikes right there. Yeah. So and his mental health care is basically suck it up and denying those yeah, feelings. That kind of sounds like it's nil. What does that sound like? It doesn't sound familiar. Can you guys put your finger on a occupation? Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, and so with where you guys are going, you know, I got my little notes here, my cheat sheet. And uh, so dopamine levels. So if you look at this kid's life, you said it earlier, what was one of the things he did for Watto? Pod racing. Pod racing. Mm-hmm. At seven, his dopamine levels are constantly maxed out. All the time. Then he gets sent off, and he's in the spaceship, going to the outer space. His dopamine levels are maxed out. So even before he gets to outer space, they're just going to the spaceship. Yes, and And they're being chased down by a freaking psycho. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't know what a Sith is. No. And nobody's seen one in how long? Yep. At that point? And all of a sudden, he gets told to drop, and now he watches a lightsaber fight. Mm -hmm. He's never seen before. And told to run. I mean... You can't, Literally run, you're about to die, kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. You talk about go. dopamine levels being kicked in again. You know, after just finishing a pod race that he, he won for the first time ever. Yep. Not to steal your thunder. Sorry. No, no, no. That. I mean, you're <laughs> I'm right. Just, I'm There's just, a lot I'm, in I'm, there. I want to yeah. jump on with pile on. I'll be part of the, <laughs> yeah. part of the group here. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You're good. <laughs> go, go ahead. Keep going. No, keep jumping in. So... You got the pod racing, being chased down by a psycho Sith Lord, and uh, then you've got, he's going through training, growing up with the Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's just learning new stuff, dopamine levels maxed out all the time because he's training, 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 training. And then he's going to war at a very young age, and, oh, and he went to war before, before that. At, yeah. Before that, you know, he's literally in the middle of war. With the Jedi on uh, Naboo. 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 Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. So, I mean, when the, there was part where he was taken there because what are they going to do with him? You're with us. You're not just stay here. Yeah. Stay in the cockpit of this warship. Right. This fighter, this fighter's this space fighter spinning. jet. Let's try spinning. That's a good trick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was, and it then, was all instinct and raw talent. Yep. Literally took down a whole android army. Yeah. And, and Single-handedly. And there, and, there was, and there was other life forms in there, too. Not not he, now. Granted, not human, like him, but still life forms. 
So how many lives did he take Mm -hmm. at seven or eight years old? And did he know there was life forms in there? Did he understand what he did? And then maybe when he got older, he did. And he's like, oh, shit. And he never learned how to process that. Yep. God, we're still in the first movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and then you just keep going, you know, going to war his whole life. War, 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 war. And then you see he's having to take on a leadership role in a very young age. What is he, 20s? You know, during Clone Wars? Late, maybe 20. Yeah, late late teens, teens, early 20s. So he's still throughout the whole, because the Clone Wars were how long? Like six years? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure how the time span of the Clone Wars. So, I mean, he definitely wasn't 30 yeah. by the end of the Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah. So, but, I mean, he had to have been... Which is weird. Like, the timeline is really fuzzy with that. And then in between that time and Return of the Jedi, like it's really hard to put your finger on how many years it actually was. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the actor who portrayed him and then the age of Luke and Leia, because, I mean, you assume that Luke and Leia are in their mid-20s mm-hmm. by the time of so Return it, of the Luke Jedi. still seem like a teenager to me. Well, Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, I missed not, that. Not A New Hope. My bad. A New Hope, he seems like he's 17-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 17 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So what was happening? So I mean that puts him at what? 37 40. Yeah. Mid 40s at the oldest. And then he if, might if be If our timeline's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he might be in his early 50s by the time Return of the Jedi starts. But then you look at him when his helmet finally comes off. I mean he don't look a day over 80. <laughs> yeah, it's how, a scar tissue. Yeah. Oh, scar, <laughs> scar tissue, the force lightning he's taken yeah. over the years. Yep. And then, which that never, I never made sense to me after I watched the cartoon. What do you mean? So in the movies, you see him take the hit of Force Lightning, mm-hmm. like he can't block it. Yeah. As Vader. But as Anakin, you watch him block it consistently. So I have a theory on that that I am going to steal from somebody else. So as Vader, he was less powerful than he was as Anakin because. So the theory is that the midichlorians are mm-hmm. in throughout your whole body. And that's been what... losing parts. Yeah, and he's been losing mm-hmm. parts, so he has less midichlorians. So he's less strong in the Force. Because okay. so, think about it. He was I, I, basically I a torso that. and a head by the time of... Right. Yeah. I mean, he was all mechanical. Yeah. So there, there's another one out there that it wasn't so much that his count dropped. It was that he had to use the Force to help sustain life. Now, the suit did a lot, but not everything. And it was constant needles... Yeah. So to help, you know, he got injections of pain meds, essentially, is what they were saying in the suit. Yeah. But to help still block that, he had to use part of the force. Could be. So I'm like, but I mean, I if could, you remember that, if you remember in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he blocks a blaster bolt, absorbs it with his hand. Yeah. From Han Solo. So. so yes. Yeah, so now why why can't he block the force? What he, happened? He's between... blocking it with a lightsaber too. Let's re- don't forget that. Yeah. The lightsaber blocks the force lightning. So why can't he just, Well, you know what I mean? Or is mm-hmm. he doing it because it's his master? He's like, oh, I got to take the beating. I think that's probably. There's, you know, is there that too? And There's a little bit of that of. Going back to Stockholm Syndrome mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Just theories. I don't know. I'm not the writer of the movie. We need to call it George Lucas. 
Get him on the phone. Somebody get him on the phone. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Next. Oh, so just with the – see what you guys thought kind of back to those dopamine levels. Um, you guys experienced it. I mean, crap, even your last shift you get, you guys were on. Just running call after call after call after call. And finally, you're done at 10 o'clock at night. You're like, okay, finally. And you just crash, you know, when you finally get a, a sec. Mm-hmm. You look at this guy's life and it's like, you don't get any breaks, dude. Like, you are just nonstop on this high forever. And, like, mentally, this guy has to just be exhausted. And he doesn't even know it. He has no idea what his body's going through. And then on top of, well, what do you do when you hit this dopamine high? You're like, okay, this one was really high. That was awesome. You hit this next one. Whoa, that was even better than that last one. And everything he goes through in his life is like maxing out another high dopamine level. And then he starts lesson after Padme. I mean, adding that on top of that one. Nolly Portman's. Oh, Jane Jane knows it. I would leave my wife in a heartbeat for Nelly Portman. (laughs) Not a second thought. (laughs) And she knows it. Shouldn't have to worry about it, but at the same time. So I don't blame Anakin for this one. It's not his fault. Yeah, but (laughs) explicit rules. Yeah, so that's where I was going with it. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll let you do it. Run with it. Yeah. Well, explicit rules, you can't have a relationship. So then it's the constant worry of, okay. We got to sneak around. We mm-hmm. might get caught. Like, how is this going to work out? And then if you are watching the, you know, the cartoon, there's times where she is like, hey, we need to stop. Like, this isn't a real marriage. Like, nobody can know about us because you'll get kicked out of the order. And he's like, you know, don't say that. Like, it, that really, really hurts him because he has made her. Like everything, the center mm-hmm. of his world and mm-hmm. protecting her. I mean, ultimately, it leads to his downfall, right? That's the straw that broke the camel's back because he has a vision yeah, of her dying in childbirth. And like he is just, it almost seems like at that point where she tells him that she's pregnant, he is out of touch with reality already. Because he just... No, it's going to work out. We're just going to do it. It's going to be fine. We'll whatever without anything. And that's why I lean towards the the idea that he was early 20s because it shows like a lack of maturity mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, of just thinking problems through. So now what? So I saw this on some post and it was, what if Padme had told him, why don't you just leave the Jedi Order? It's not like you lose your powers or your lightsaber. And I was like, so I think this is, I got got angry when I saw that. I was like, I think this is where the pride issue comes in is, and I, I bring up pride a lot because I, I see it a lot in my own life, like how it just kind of creeps in there and sneaks into your life. And you're like, what the heck, where did this come from? Like it wasn't there a week ago. And then these random thoughts just popped in my head. I'm like, what the heck? And so you look at him again He's expecting one day he's going to be a Jedi Master, but they're not letting him. Yeah. And so he's like kind of 
he's like on a leash is what he feels like. He's just being dragged along. Well, and I think that he feels one step further than that. I think he feels like he's going to be the master. Yes. Yeah. And then he can make some changes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but the problem with that is, with that thinking, is he feels entitled. He feels like it is due him when, in actuality, you know, there's a, so I was just listening to Luke 14. It talks about, I'm not going to go too biblical. That's not why we're here. Um, But you see Jesus telling a story of like the guy walking in to a party, you know, there's a table, this guy sits at the front, the head, and then the person running the party is like, no, you need to get up. I've got somebody else that is better than you who needs to sit here. So Anakin's problem is that he feels he should be at the head table. When actuality, Anakin, remember your place, you should be at the last seat at the bottom. And you know what? You should be happy that you're even here. You you shouldn't have been here. Everybody was saying no except for one person, and that's the reason why he's here. So Anakin comes back, and he's just completely ungrateful all the time, all the time. And this is his pride just kicking in yep. and fighting the whole system that allowed him to be here. How many times do we do that? Like We do that at the fire station. We're... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Moaning and groaning all the time. Biggest bunch of complainers. Yeah, and it's like, hey, guys, why aren't we just happy to be here? We got a job. We're locked in. This is the best job in the world. Guess what we're going to do? Instead of saying that, we're going to complain about everything we can. (laughs) Like, Yep. And instead of being You always want more. Yep, we do. And I think that's that's our pride, man. We, We are owed and we are due what we think we should have. And then we find out there's force heal. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, man. This is just getting, that just pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, whenever you start talking about like that whole idea of entitlement and this is what you're owed and all of that stuff, it's, oh, man, that is such a, it's one of those things where it's like, where did you where do you get that idea like what in your upbringing made you think that anybody owes you anything like that's not the way that i was raised right it was well, i think it's you I, have honestly, to work for everything mm-hmm. so that's the thing like you work for you work for grades you work for your hard grades right there's yeah. people that straight a's valedictorians a lot of extracurricular stuff so i put the work in and I want to go to Harvard. And then Harvard denies me. And they have a very high deny rate. Mm-hmm. But I did everything that was I was told to do. That that if I do this, I will earn this. And now I'm now I'm, it's not now I'm not given it essentially. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of see where some of that comes from. I've done the work. So why am I not here where I think I should be, where I was told I was gonna be? Who told you that? Who told you you were going to be there? Was it the organization you were trying to get into? Yeah, like if you go on, if to, Harvard says, I'm hey, using Harvard as an example, yeah, because it's a it's a top tier school. Yeah. So when you go on their on their academics website mm-hmm. and what you have to do to achieve uh, admission, mm-hmm. it spells it out. Now it doesn't guarantee you're going to get in because there's certain spots and stuff like that, and there's other outside factors. Mm-hmm. But if I check all the boxes, 
and I'm not admitted. What does that do to you? You've worked this hard for how how many years? So I, I can kind of see where, and I'm not defending Anakin. I'm just saying I can see where he's coming from. No, you're defending him. He, it's fine, man. <laughs> I always put you on the Sith side anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more <laughs> Sith's my pretty own. cool. Yeah, <laughs> they got they got all that cool stuff. I, I, yeah. their, their outfits are cooler too. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want a red lightsaber? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I think a green one would be pretty dope. But not that green color that they have. Like a darker mm-hmm. green would be. You want like a forest green? Yes. You want in- I don't indoor know. Mace Windu's is, I know it's purple, but his is the coolest. Yeah. That thing I mean, is. it's cool, but so you know, you know, Ezra Bridger's lightsaber, the first one that he made, was probably the coolest. Because it was a lightsaber slash stun gun. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. So, I mean, we, we all, I think we've all figured out, or read where his lightsaber, where Mace Windu's lightsaber came from. Where it was he? He wanted purple because Samuel Jackson likes purple, and he's Samuel Jackson. So yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I would I would have said yes to anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looked really cool. Yeah, especially what he did with it. But there was theories. There's theories out there about it. So like he had a was a, a blue one, I think, because of his knowledge and his fighting ability. But because of his style of fighting, the red bled into it. So and that's why it's purple. And I was like, that makes sense. That's cool. Because he, he teetered that line of the light and the dark. So, Or I would put Mace as more towards a gray Jedi than a Jedi. Oh, because you could you could totally tell when he's fighting Palpatine. Yeah. He's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> I'm under control. No, he's pissed. He's yeah. ready to freaking but that's murder the thing. this he, fool. But yeah. he still had control. Yes. Yeah, right up until... Anakin cut his hand off and sent him flying across the... Yeah, I think he's still alive, personally, but I think he survived the fall. How many times do you see Jedis fall from great heights and then land on their feet? They're like yeah. cats. <laughs> <laughs> I but, mean, there is that theory out there. Because, I mean, as far as he was flying, he you know, he would have been able to get back under control. And then, oh, I got to slow down. Use the Force. That's how they made their long jumps and leaps and all that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think he's still alive. They just haven't written it in yet. Yeah. yeah. They, they better. That'd be awesome. Shows but, up yeah. mecha- Samuel Jackson shows up with his mechanical arm and just choking fools. <laughs> <laughs> so, but back to the entitlement conversation, though. Yeah. So, I mean, he's... So, I think, I think part of what Anakin's problem was is he was a little whiny in the movies, which I didn't like. I agree. Yeah. But, again, like you are saying, though, it showed his age. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I think he would have been, that he was put on the council for the wrong reasons and mm-hmm. by the wrong person. Where I think he would have been there, but I also don't think the Jedi did a good job of explaining things. No. This, this, is, this is the way it is. Shut so up. and and I didn't like that. You know, you can correlate that with most fire departments too. It's a lack of communication. Lack yes. of communication yes. from the top down and the bottom up in departments of no, you got to do this. Well, why? Well. We're not going to tell you why. You just go do this. And so that breeds that resentment, which in turn takes a hit on morale, the individual members, yeah. mental health, because you feel like you're not appreciated Yeah, for doing, you know. He felt like a weapon. Yeah. Where I think if, you know, you have those long space travels, like, hey, we're going to this system. It's going to take us, you know, 15 parsecs. Parsec is a distance. 
I know, but I'm a Han Solo guy, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping somebody would catch that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so not like the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now you have you have these long distances where you're on the ship. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect time to explain things and have those conversations. Where they, I think the Jedi could have implemented so much stuff. They were just so far behind. They thought the Force was going to do everything and stuck in tradition. Like police and fire departments and military. Yeah. Where you, but you got you to gotta so, evolve. You can't just stay back, you know, 100 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the, the problem that you see in, you know, with mental health and the first responder world. You know, is we are super far behind the times of the awareness, the explaining things, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just the communication aspect of it, of going, this is normal, and being, you know, having resources in place to deal with it, and then members on their own dealing with it, you know, going, yes, I need to deal with this, with having that realization. Mm-hmm. Because you still have that stigma from the old traditional crowd. And, you know, they're starting to be phased out, but how much of the new generations have they tainted with that same mindset? So it's like they're Palpatine and tainting all of our Padawans with their dark side bullshit. Don't tell me that that wasn't a great analogy. It would have been if he said it. (laughs) It's not you. (laughs) Okay. Next. I liked it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> oh, so here, this is, I never thought about this until I went back and watched it again. It was uh, Empire Strikes Back. I never thought about the line until this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so have you guys been thinking about like firing me? Absolutely. This for like a couple weeks. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Ever since yeah. we decided to do yep. it, oh dude, I went yeah. and watched the whole episode or the whole series of Clone Wars. Then I watched the Bad Batch after that because it kind of chron- chronologically syncs up, right? And then now I'm like four seasons into Rebels. So, yeah, and I watched Revenge of the Sith because um, there was some things in there that I wanted to kind of brush mm-hmm. up on with that movie because it dovetailed in with the Clone Wars into the Bad Batch. Yeah, so. What yeah. were you going to say? So, uh, it's when Luke's going into the cave on Dagobah. Mm-hmm. And he's asked, what's in there? And the other replies, only what you take with you. I never thought about that before until I watched it again here recently. And I was like, hmm. Makes sense. So, what did Luke take in with him? Fear. A lot of fear. And fear of who? Vader. And himself. Becoming yeah. Vader. Yep. yep. Becoming his father. I mean, it kind of shows where he, his head's at at the time. And he's not ready. Yeah. He's not mentally prepared. He's still dealing with stuff. I mean, how is he, you know, you find out Vader's your dad. And he hadn't really found out yet, but I think he had a feeling. Hmm. Had, was that before? That was, yeah. That was before Vader told him. Because mm-hmm. Vader told me the other movie when he cut his hand off. Okay. But I think he had a feeling. 
Like we're connected somehow. Yeah, but it doesn't spell it out Mm -mm. in the movie. That's one of those internal dialogues that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I guess I just always looked at it as he was afraid of turning into Vader. I I just, I I mean, I I did too forever, and I just, I, I thought about it from a different angle. I didn't want to say it again, but go ahead. <laughs> a different point of view. We'll just say a different perspective. How about so, that? So, Which, I, you know, just looking at it from a d- different way, I was like, oh. Because, I mean, Jedis are all about, you know, the meditating and searching your feelings. Because they talk about that, too. Which is weird. Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to deny your feelings, but you're supposed to search them. Mm-hmm. A lot of contradicting in the Jedi Order. So after watching the Clone Wars, the cartoon, I can see why Anakin thinks the Jedi are evil. It made sense to me. Like, I understand your your train of thought now. Yeah. Uh, Definitely that whole certain point of view thing and the way that Palpatine was able to manipulate Mm -hmm. to make what they were doing seem like more than it was. And that's part of that whole communication thing. Mm-hmm. Cause if they would have communicated clearly to him, I doubt you have those problems. If you would have had, if you would have had understanding, but he didn't have any understanding. He had two conflicting viewpoints mm-hmm. and he just chose the wrong one. Hmm. Back to the fire service. Yeah. <laughs> Communicate. Like, yep. cool, I I see what your goal is. Why are we doing all this? Yep. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Even though the rest of the fire department disagrees with it, that's what we're doing. Yep. Because we don't know every, you're not communicating. Yep. Yeah, you yep. got to give us the information, that way we understand, then we can help. Because mm-hmm. if you don't give it to us, we're going to push back and yep. make yeah. make. I say poor decisions, but with the information we have, is it a poor decision? Yeah. So well, with, with the information that Anakin had, I'm not defending killing younglings. <laughs> let's clear that. Let's clear that right real yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> but for his decision that the Jedi are evil, and the information that he has, is he wrong? So from he, his, from his perspective, yeah. I mean, he thinks he's doing the right thing. <clears throat> Yeah. So which, I mean... He feels like he's saving those younglings from a life of hardship and um, pain and every other negative emotion that you can think of that he's gone through. It's like, they're going to grow up to be like me. That's what his, where his headspace is. So he feels like he's doing them a service and the Jedi are doing him, doing them a disservice. No, I still don't agree. And some, I, I saw something. I was like, "Why didn't Palpatine?" I think it was maybe a robot chicken did it. He's like, "Oh yeah, don't kill the younglings. We could train them to be Seth." <laughs> like, but, well, but Palpatine knew the rules. Yeah, well, and that there's yeah. only one master, one apprentice. But again, that was a, a made up rule. Yeah, that was Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. 
that made that. Yeah, I'm a dork. Well, I'm a nerd, was, by the so, way. Well, but, that was before uh, Darth Bane. That was, yeah, was when it? he went to the library. That, and he found it. Yeah, he brought it found. back. Yeah, so yeah. it was a it was an OG rule. Yeah. So, but, but we don't so, we don't know where the, who created the rule to begin with. Mm-hmm. What I, think, I could find, I think it didn't have anything to do with the rule. I think having him do that was the final. Yeah, I mean, obviously, defending Palpatine against Mace that was like a huge step to the dark side, right? Mm-hmm. Having him making him go to the temple and kill younglings. That was the final nail. There's no coming back from that. Yeah. Because he knows that once he does that, the Jedi are not going to let him come back. If somehow, you know, if somehow they, Order 66 fails, mm-hmm. right? And enough of them survive that they can mount an offensive. He knows that they're, like, Anakin is on his side now, forever. Like He cannot go back. And he also knows that it's going to alienate him from Padme which is just going to push him closer. So I think that was the whole purpose yeah. of it. And also destroying the, you know, the your Jedi. enemies, yeah, your enemies yeah. whatever, so. No, I agree. I and I agree with that. It was just something I saw and I thought I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And I never really liked the rule of 2 either. Yeah, cuz there was it's always a dumb rule. Yeah. And and it was never followed. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, Duke why would a, the Sith follow yeah. rules? Yeah. Right. <laughs> only yeah, Sith, you're evil. Yeah. Why do you yeah. care? Yeah. Only Sith deal in absolutes. Yeah. That's an absolute. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I've seen that post. I'm like, yeah, he ain't wrong. Yeah. So I also thought it was interesting how. So Anakin going and killing all the younglings. And I'm sure at some point in his career with the Jedi, he helped with that. He had to have. And so we look at World War II, the Germans, um, when they were all done with their... So a lot of times these guys would train with a German Shepherd through years of training. And so it was like that was their battle buddy. They're ready to go. That dog's got their back. When they're done with the training, the last thing that these guys would have to do... Do you guys know what they'd have to do with the dog? They'd have to kill the dog. They'd have to kill their dog mm-hmm. that they raised, they've done everything with, and kill their dog. Imagine what that's doing to them mentally. Like, you, if you can kill this dog, you're not going to care about some stupid American or Englishman, you know, coming over to fight us. Yeah. You're going to kill him with no problem, and you're not going to feel a thing. And so I think Anakin had that same problem. He went and killed all these kids. After that, mentally, he's just like yeah, he a was, mental mess. He is yeah. he is done. On top of, he can never go back to the Jedi and he's locked in. And yeah. So, like, it's the same, same thing, brainwashing mm-hmm. that they used. But, I mean, you can even see it within, what is it, like 15 minutes of movie time, so mm-hmm. not very long, um, whenever Padme confronts him. Yep. He's like... Oh well, we can rule the galaxy together. We'll overthrow Palpatine. It'll be me and you. Like he's already like, he's gone mentally. Yep. Like he went from I'm protecting everybody to now I'm gonna run everything. Mm-hmm. It's that quest for power. Yeah. To be in charge. Yep. Not being content with what you got. When what you got isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to switch it up right here. And we'll probably end up coming back to it, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. So in watching 
the Clone Wars, and then um, the Bad Batch after that. Um, there's a the part where they start decommissioning the clones. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, okay, we don't want you anymore. We don't need you anymore. You're obsolete. Whatever. We're going to do this, like, people of the Empire army. And all these clones start having horrible fucking problems of, you know, identity crisis, basically, of we're soldiers. This is what we were bred for. This mm-hmm. is what we do. This is all we are. What are we now? Discuss. How do you think that correlates with guys getting, you know, injured, close to retirement, that stuff, you know, being taken away? And how does that affect their mental health? Well, what kind of popped in my head was, uh, so what is the average lifespan of a firefighter after they retire? Isn't it something like five years? Something like that. Something like really in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. Average is really short. Is it that short? From the last, the last statistic I looked up, it said, yeah, what do we got? Look it up. Let's keep the conversation going. So, yeah. So if, uh, no Jeopardy music, if that number is right, like, do we think that is a, obviously we can say the physical side, Mm -hmm. these guys no longer do the physical stuff. They're sitting around all the time and just degrades. Yep. But the other half is, and I can say this from my own experience, you get out and you're not doing, you're not being the firefighter anymore. You're not being the soldier or the police officer, whatever it is. You're, you no longer feel like you are that. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we find our, our identity in the job we do, Mission even though and, that's not the case. Yeah. Mission and purpose. Yes. Yeah. And so they get out and they have no purpose except to get this paycheck and I'm just living. I'm not doing anything with my life um, because I've been a firefighter for 25 years. So I think the biggest problem is the mental side more than the physical side. You don't have that purpose of what what are you living for? And when your mind starts crashing, your body starts crashing even faster. Yep. And uh, just working through that like, okay, what, you need to find a purpose in your life. You can't just sit here on a couch or do minimal stuff with your life anymore. You need, you are no longer a, we all know we are, we are firefighters when we retire, but you're no longer doing that role. You need to change that up. And so I don't know how to really, um, well, you know, people to see that. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think until you are at that point, and some people just naturally just make better transitions, life transitions mm-hmm. than other people do. But it's so true. And I've heard a ton of therapists and retired firefighters talk about it of you have to have something. Mm-hmm. Once you retire, like, you know, you'll you'll hear guys talk about, oh, I'm going to I'm going to travel. OK, what are you going to do after that first month? Because right. that's you have to do something that's sustainable, mm-hmm. something that fulfills you, gives you a purpose, because that's what your whole life has been. And you're right, man. I mean, you start going downhill mentally with being separated from your tribe. Um, you don't have a job. You don't have a purpose, a task. You're kind of just like set adrift. Mm-hmm. 
so what are you doing? Well, and with that, so I've, I've heard guys say, and I was one of them, um, when you retire, you know, you almost feel like you were betrayed by your guys because a lot of these guys aren't calling you anymore. They're not talking to you anymore. Again, it's not because they don't want to talk or anything like that. It's just, hey, you were the one that left. But all these guys who are still working, they're all still there. Life is going on like normal as usual. And so sorry that we're not constantly, hey, how you doing all the time? Like, But we've still got our lives. We've still got to manage. Nothing has changed for us. Yeah. And so that guy who retired gets offended because you're not keeping me included. Well, it goes both ways. Like you need to go and stay included in what's going on with your guys. Like they're, those are still your dudes, right? But you are the one that left. You come back in and stay connected. And yeah. a lot of guys just don't feel that way. They just feel like I'm out. I've been betrayed. Those guys don't care about me anymore. And imagine that mental aspect as well, that yeah. well, I don't have it, my dudes anymore. I'm all mm-hmm. alone. It seems more common than not that people will retire from these career fields and then they move away. Yeah. Like yeah, they're I'm going down the lake. Yeah. I'm going to move four hours away or I'm going to move across the country mm-hmm. to where I don't know anybody. Okay. Well, how's that going to work out yeah, for you? Sorry. We're all still here. Yeah. Like, yep. 10 years less. Ten years or less? No, ten, ten years less than the uh, national average. Okay, so, which I believe is seventy-two, seventy-five years old. Means we're dying about sixty-two, sixty-five. Most people do twenty-five to thirty-two. So e- easy math. So you come out at twenty-five, put you at fifty. Ten to twelve years. Hmm. Somewhere in there. I was wrong. But I think, it, but but I think it depends. Still I mean, pretty short, though. Yeah. So I think if you took, shorter than it should be. Yeah. Because I mean, there's there's some that you know six months, and now, so that I get you really have to break down all the data. So how they die, was it was it self inflicted, was it cancer, caused by the job, was it a heart attack caused by the stress and the, and everything that happens on the job, was it just old age, is it certain injuries. I mean, there's so many different factors, mm-hmm. but you you can equate that even back to the the, cl- the clones, you know, the, the stresses they had, and then you add that. What was the suicide rate for clones after Order sixty six? And now they're discarded. Literally, and there, and there was no retirement plan for them. There, no. there is no getting out. This is it till you die. Yep. So you either die on the battlefield early, or you die on the battlefield old. Or you go into like uh, ninety nine. Remember him? Mm-hmm. So I, I loved that character. Yeah, you know because he he had a great outlook. Yeah, because he wants to be out there. He wants to be with his brothers, but he's deformed, so he does what he can at the academy. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, he passes on a whole lot of great advice too. And he, but he gets to go out as a hero. So I mean, what, what happens to those guys? There's there's no retirement plan. Well, literally just you are on the front lines Mm -hmm. and you just killed your Jedi brethren that you've been fighting with forever. Mm -hmm. Even that you didn't have control over it. You killed them. Now you're aware of what just happened. And now they're like, see you later. Literally one day and bam, you're done. Not even like a, a cool down phase. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. like, hey, can we just get back? And like, nope. See you later. Like, that's that's tough. Like, you go figure something out with your life. You've never done anything else. Yeah. You don't well, even know how to grow a plant. And yeah. there was big controversy over that of were they even going to be allowed to go do anything else because they're property. They weren't people. Yeah. They were clones. Yeah. And the Republic paid for them. So yeah. they were viewed very much like droids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. Makes you wonder. Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely see that as a common feeling of, you know, not having some say over your destiny, you know, in the fire service and, you know, being a police officer in the military of you're basically told where to go, what to do all the time and how that can wear on you. I do think there needs to be something done and with police, fire and military where they help you prepare for retirement what you're going to go through, what you're going to feel, how are you going to retire, what are you going to do? You know, hmm. I'm not saying seminars, but well, and I essentially think, that. Yep. So yeah. most departments, it seems like, and I know the military does this now too, um, I don't know how many people take advantage of it. They do have like these classes and everything. Do I think they're enough? Probably not because most of them are very fast, like, Oh, you're retiring on this date? Okay, 30 days before, we're going to go over this. Well, that's not something, that's a huge life event. It's yeah. not, you're going to plan it in a month. This is something you should be planning like a year, two years out of setting things up. Yeah, I think like, when you get close to your, whatever your minimum is, like, you, you know, you got to do X amount of years. All right, so we'll use the 25-year mark. You do 25 years and you're eligible, eligible to retire. So at 22, 23... Like, hey, we need you to go to these. That way we can help prepare you in case you want to go. Even if you're going to stay longer, that's fine. But you can start prepping Yeah, for what is going to happen when you retire. Well, and we bear some responsibility for that too. Because you have to have, you got to go. And you got to take in the information they're providing. So, I mean. Yep. <laughs> I agree with you on that. <laughs> we talked we, about. We've got resources. Yeah. We're not using them. Yeah. So but I also think there it goes back to communication because a lot of people don't know the resources that mm-hmm. are available to them. Yeah. Or so I think at an early age, even if it's whether you have an academy or not for your department, or you know whenever you come in and do the entry stuff. Okay, these are these are all the resources that we have, and then every six months or a year or whatever you have a a training just on that, and communicate everything. And I'm not saying bombard people with emails because we all know what happens with that. Yep, deleted. Yep, not even open. you don't even know when we just delete, delete, yeah. delete, mm-hmm. delete, because you get tired of seeing it. But I think if you throw in a yearly training such as that, I think it would help. Mm-hmm. Which you started early, where you when you're coming on in the entry entry phase. Well, and I agree with you. Like I think about uh, our new hire program. You know, have, we have HR come in, and they. I want to say it's like maybe an hour that they're there and they cover everything that the city does, your retirement plans, healthcare, blah, 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 an hour. That's not enough time. Not at all. Like there's like an hour for explaining half of your retirement plan, 
like for them to really know how to do it. Yeah. So like I agree. I I think uh you need to have something, but how much of that is also on the cities to be doing a better job? Um not dogging on HR and all that, but no, because they, hey, they you're messing with somebody's plate. future. Yeah. You know, like maybe you guys should be explaining it and doing a very good job because I've got firefighters who have been on for three years and they still don't have like a 457 set up. They're like, well, I, I know they talked about it when I first got hired, but I didn't really get any of it. Okay, yeah, well, that's yeah, a problem Like yeah, because you need yeah. more than just the city or whatever retirement plan you're on. You need more than that. Yeah. And they don't understand because of a lack of community. Communication seems to be a key going on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But, <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Top of the tree. Mm-hmm. Tip of the spear is communication. Damn. We'll agree to disagree. <clears throat> you can be wrong. It's fine. I mean, like, 90% of the time you're wrong on this show anyway. Wow. He's communicating that's... with you. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I, w- I wish it was reciprocated. Communi- communicating <laughs> fake news. <laughs> Terrible facts. See? It's- Always a denier. Fucking CNN over there. <laughs> okay, Fox News. <laughs> At least I'm entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What do we got? Oh, it's barely been an hour. Splinter? No, I had one yesterday at my parents' house. Their gate. I had to dig it out. It was thick and deep. It was big. Ugh. Sorry, I had a piece of cookie cake. Made me feel better. There you go. It was my brother's birthday. I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is an appropriate time to have some sweets. Yeah, sugar stops bleeding. Yeah, that's that's what I what I saw. Yep, reduces osmotic pressure. It's the only, <laughs> and in my <laughs> defense, good. it's the only sugar I've had in over a month. Good for you, man. No sweets, no nothing. Good job. Yeah, that's so awesome. Like, it was delicious, and the quarter scoop of ice cream I got. Uh, he just keeps digging the hole a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. <laughs> and quarter scoop of ice cream and hey, some cake. It's vanilla yeah. bean. I mean, it's it's healthy. That's yeah, ice beans. Cream I wasn't complaining. It was delicious. <laughs> no, <laughs> after a month of not having, it, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was in the bathroom thirty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, totally worth it. <laughs> it will definitely do that to you if you haven't had that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I, I know the Fourth of July will be a cheat day for me. My birthday, I don't care about. That's about it. Do you it. guys remember how old you are? Mm-hmm. Okay. I always have trouble every year remembering because I just stop caring. <laughs> yeah. I get told constantly. <laughs> yeah, go. that's... Yeah, no, I used to celebrate my birthday pretty big, but I think I stopped around 32-ish or so. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, meh, this is what it is. Yeah. So... I did the big ones. I did 21. I think 25 is a big one. 30, 40. Even that I didn't care about. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Yeah, I got seven years till the next big one. 50. So. Old farts. Yep. Man. Yep. You'll get there. Yep. I know. <laughs> I'm on the way. So what else can we talk about with uh, Star Wars in relation to mental health? Oh, there's so many ways you can go. All right, let's go. Let's flip. Let's flip the other side. 
Okay. Asajj Ventress. Okay. I thought she was a great character. Yes. Yes, she was. <clears throat> and you could see it in her, and the hate, and the wanting to make her master proud. Just to, you know. But she was always given an impossible task. Yeah. So there's no way she's going to. Well, I feel like they did that on purpose, though. They did. The masters wanted them to fail. So, you know, just the whole, you will never be stronger than me, Mm -hmm. is what they try to do. But I want you to be my weapon. So I need you as strong as you can be without you being stronger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping them under their thumb. Yep. Because you're because you're a threat. Mm-hmm. So I, and you see it a lot in corporate America, and I think you see it in uh, law enforcement and the fire service too. Even in military, you're a threat to me. Because well. at some point, you're either going to be the same rank or you're going to outrank me, and I don't want that. So I'm only going to give you enough rope to keep you here. Which I've never under, understood that thought process. <clears throat> well, I think all. that that goes back to what you were talking about earlier: ego and pride. Yeah. I have to be the smartest person in the room. I have to have all the solutions, all the answers. And mm-hmm. if anybody else brings anything to the table or does anything good, then, you know, it diminishes my self-worth somehow. So right. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to give them bad information. I'm going to make them do, you know, crappy tasks. You know, I'm going to set them up for failure. Yep. And whenever they fail, I'm going to point it out yep. and go, hey, <laughs> I knew you were going to fail. But go do this, you know. So, yeah, just bad examples of leadership. Well, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. Like, as a leader, why am I not wanting to raise a, whether you're a captain or just a firefighter or whatever, why am I not wanting to raise up my guys so well that one day they're my battalion chief, whether I promote or not? Like, isn't that a massive compliment to my abilities of training and teaching my dudes to the point mm-hmm. that now they are my boss. From a certain point of view. Like, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. But the thing is, you have that toxic, and I don't even want to call it leadership. It's just, you know, people will get into those positions where they have authority or imagined authority or whatever over somebody. And it really does. It boils down to ego and pride, Mm -hmm. you know, because they don't think about, they think about themselves as very selfish and a self-centric, you know, idea. Whereas they're not looking at the department as a whole. And if I can help you promote and I can teach you this new technique that I just learned and, you know, all of this stuff, we can spread that out through the department and make the department better. Mm-hmm. And we'll be more efficient and more capable and we'll be able to serve our citizens better. And maybe we'll take some of the weight off of, you know, stuff that we're doing because we can do it in a better way. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that they think. It goes back to that, well, everything has to go through me. I have to be in charge. I have to, you know, do everything. And be like recognized for everything that's where that all comes in it's ego and pride Mm -hmm. and selfishness yep that's 
Very yep. verbose of you, Chris. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think you covered it all. <clears throat> yep, and I think that's when you kind of, you got to be searching your own heart on that. And, you know, I brought it up a little while ago, just how pride can just sneak in upon you, mm-hmm. you know, and just such a dangerous thing. But you got to constantly be checking your own heart, like, why am I doing certain things? Or if I did do something to help someone, because um, I've had this in my life, you know, I'm, I'm there helping someone out for whatever it is. And then a couple weeks later, like, man, why am I not getting a thank you or something like that? And then I'm like, well, first off, I didn't do it for a thank you. So where is this thought even coming from? Because I I didn't do it for that. And then it's just kind of creeping in there and like, no, you you deserve a thank you or whatever it is or some kind of recognition. It's like... Or if you help somebody out, mm-hmm. you help somebody out, and then you ask them to help you a couple of weeks later, and then oh, I can't, man. That's a great example. Yeah. Then like, it's like, well, I mean, I why I not? Did it for you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't do it for that reason. Yeah. But it sneaks in there, and yep, it's dangerous, man. It's not a good pride. Is yeah. Icky. Yeah. It's icky. It's well, so <laughs> it can but be. let's yeah. let's go back to that certain point of view thing again though. What do we always talk about? Have pride in your work mm-hmm. or take pride in your work or take pride in your, you know, physical abilities, you know, train yourself to be the best that you can and mm-hmm. all that stuff. There is a certain level of that going down a certain path that I think you have to have. Yes. You know, you like if you're a yard guy. I want to have pride in my yard. I take pride in my yard. I want it to look as good as I can, right? But there's a limit to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people get in trouble is they take that, they take that pride from something that is, from being something that is good and helpful and they just go too far Mm -hmm. to where then it becomes a detriment. Yep. You know, the, I don't know working on lifting something, right? Lifting the cot at work. No, I can do this. I can do this by myself. Well, it's a 500-pound patient. (laughs) Right. I got this, bro. Put your ego down. Put your pride down and do it as a team. Right. And that's, in the fire service especially, it seems like, you know, we talk about you don't go anywhere alone. Right. You always have a partner mm-hmm. if you're on the ambulance or if you're on a pumper or a truck or whatever. There's always somebody with you. You are a team. Let your teammate function as your teammate. You don't have to do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can definitely draw that correlation with, you know, mental health and peer support because mm-hmm. we're all a team. So let your teammates carry the weight that they can carry. And then you carry you know, spread the load out. Yep. Basically. Yep. Well, it's something I bring up. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just agreeing. You're good. Um, <laughs> so when I gave my presentation for my fire department, one of the things that I would say was, you know, are you going to go into a house fire with the two and a half, the roof ladder, irons, New York hook? Are you going to grab all of that crap on your own? No, you're, you're not. So why do we try to do that in, you know, I say real life, outside of the job? 
but we just load ourselves up with everything we possibly can and we don't ask for help. And it's just, I don't know why we do that. <laughs> personality it's, defect. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I think it is. It's personality, the types that are drawn to these professions. And like what you said earlier, it's pride. Mm-hmm. Pride and ego. And we let it be a detriment. Because, again, like we've talked about so many times, we're, we are the helpers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not going to ask for help because we got this. We're going to help you. You know, we're going to help this person or we're going to help this person. And it's like what Mike uh, was here the other day. Mm-hmm. We were doing an episode and we we're talking about that. And what did he say? Um, you know, oh, we were talking about um, how therapy, you know, is becoming more acceptable. Right. But a lot of people's perception of it or thinking about it is, OK, well, yeah, it's cool if you go do that. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. And that's just pride and ego again. So if it's good for Chris, if it's good for Jim, why wouldn't I try it? Right. I see the results. And I think that's part of the problem too is we have people that will go to therapy and do stuff to get better, but then they keep it to themselves. They don't go, yeah, hey, I I see you're struggling. I went through this. Mm-hmm. I went to a therapist and it was great. What you see on the flip side is they either say nothing or they say, ah, well, you know, it's uh, not that, you know, suck it up. Mm -hmm. So if it's good enough for you to go to therapy behind, you know, everybody's back, so to say, why isn't good enough for this guy Mm -hmm. or this girl? I don't know. That's just something that I continue to struggle with and something that is a pet peeve of mine. It's just, it pisses me off. So. Your expectations are too high. We talked about that the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not making you mad because they don't have the power. No. And. You're getting mad because they're not meeting your expectations. Right. I have an idea of, again. Of how things should be. And yes. it's not. And that's what makes you mad. Yes. Well, I also think part of that is it's hard not to get upset when it's like you don't have the – or you have the answer to help someone and you're giving them the answer and then they just throw it away. And that to me is super frustrating because it's like you don't have to go through all this pain and hardship. Mm-hmm. I ha- Here it is and they don't take it. Yeah. Or – on the other side of that, of someone who has the answer and refuses to share it with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear these words thrown around of this is a brotherhood, it's a family, it's this and that. Where's that at in that aspect? Because if you're not sharing that information, and we all know what the consequences could very really turn out to be if you don't share that information. Because that person that you don't have that conversation with could end up dead mm-hmm. or could end up having to leave the job Yep, where you could have had one conversation and that might have shifted that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you have that conversation? Yep. If I they, mean, yeah. If they don't want to listen to it, 
yeah, then that's, that that's is what them. it is. That's not on you, but you, yeah. you did your part. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, we all need to be up on the fucking rooftops shouting as much as we can and all that stuff. But I think there is some responsibility for those of us who've been through this. And I think there's a responsibility for us to share mm-hmm. a little bit because we are the helpers. You know, and that's just how much better is it? You know, obviously we're going to go out on calls and we're going to help citizens of the cities and counties and towns that we protect. Right. How much better is it whenever we can help one of our own? Mm -hmm. How much more satisfaction and fulfilling is that? Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. My wife, uh, she used to say a long time ago, I mean, years ago, she's like, God's going to use your experiences that you have in your life. And I would always be like, no, I'm never talking about this. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and now he's been here twice. He's done stuff at his department. Yep. yep. I'm like, yep. Yeah, probably, probably other places be my guess. Yep. WCPR. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I can. I've got some contacts to start doing with our police department. So I want to get more involved with my city, Mm -hmm. you know, the departments in there and then hopefully some neighboring departments. So, but yeah, it's, I, I completely agree with you. It's not okay. Just to hold on to that and like, cool, I got better. I'm good. Don't have to try to help anybody else out. It's like, no, if if people feel like I felt like I need to be there for them, Mm -hmm. I need, I need to back them up and carry that burden. So imagine what would have happened if the Jedi Order would have had that in place. Dooku might not have left. Anakin might have been saved. Mm-hmm. And who knows how many other Jedi. Yep. Those are the ones we know about. Yeah. And there's thousands of them. Yeah. Well, and Palpatine wouldn't have been able to take over the Empire mm-hmm. or the whole galaxy. No, they probably would have seen it. Yeah. Maybe Maybe change some rules. Well, so I think what you just said, like, of course, the one guy that was doing that was Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, he was trying. Like, he was literally there, like, okay, it's okay to do those things. And, of course, he's the one that dies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's how it always goes. The guys that shouldn't be dying that can make the best changes in, they're the ones who get booted out or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's just funny how the world works. Yeah. Well, I mean... You know, and I'm sure you've seen it, uh, you know, the guy that would make, or the girl or whatever, the person that would make the best captain or lieutenant or the best, you know, director of the department or the best whatever seems to be the person that never, either they just have no interest in being in that position of doing that job or they just get passed over and passed over and passed Mm -hmm. over for whatever reason. That's like... Come on, let's put people... Because they're a threat. Put people where we're going to be successful Mm -hmm. and make everything better. Yep. The status quo is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable anymore. Like, things need to be shaken up. Things need to be done. Because, I mean, as a, a service as a whole... We are super behind the times in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. Mental health is just one of them. Agreed. 
Can't add to that. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he can rephrase it for you. Yeah, if you want. I can rephrase yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I should be fired. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to set you up for success. I'm giving you openings and you're just refusing to take them. To help me succeed would be to fire me. <laughs> Here or at the fire department? Here. Okay. Okay. How would that uh, help you succeed? Because I can do stuff in other ways. I got plans. This you, just messes it up. What are your plans? What nah. are you doing today? What would you be doing today? I'd probably do my schoolwork. Going back to college? Yeah, I'm working on my master's. Ugh. Ugh. He's trying to be all smart and shit. Yeah. Heck yeah. I just keep it handcuffed while I'm here. I don't want to make somebody feel like less of a person. <laughs> Perfect. See, you don't threaten me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, I find that's why it, he keeps me here. I find it. I'm not a. I'm not a threat. <laughs> I'm trying to set you up for success because I find your input valuable. Yeah, your success and mine definitions are completely different. Well. I'm really working on getting fired here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hilarious. It's to me. Yeah. All right. Well, wrap it up. Wow. It's a little angry in that one, wasn't it? I think I touched a nerve. So I got, I don't know if this is a good wrap up thing or not. Mm -hmm. So going a little biblical on you guys again. Do it. So. Exodus 18. I think this is just funny how with mental health, mm-hmm. it's talked about in there. Exodus 18, you see, uh, sorry, Moses. I almost said Noah. You see Mo- Moses. They just got out of Egypt, and all of the Israelites keep on coming to him. Like, they're literally lined up to talk to Moses. And like, hey, we got this problem. We got this problem. And just all day for days on end. And talking to everybody. Fixing everybody's problem. Telling them what God says. Um, Moses' father-in-law shows up, and he hears all the stories of what God did, got him out of out of the Egyptians' grasp, all the plagues, crossed the Red Sea, everything. And they're like, that's pretty cool. Then he goes and see what Moses is doing. He's like, what the heck? He literally is like, what the heck are you doing? You cannot do this. You are going to burn yourself out. He's putting the burden of a whole nation on his shoulders, solving everybody's problems one by one. And he's like, you need to stop doing this. You need to put uh, trusted, solid dudes full of integrity around you. And I want you to put one person over thousands, over hundreds, over tens, and have them carry the burden with you. And that was over 3,500 years ago that that was talked about. And it's all the same stuff we talk about of having those guys around you who are trusted and full of integrity and compassion and who are caring, put those guys around you and carry the burden with you. And we don't do that most of the time. We keep on trying to carry that burden on ourselves. And so that's been going on a long time. It's been talked about a long time. This isn't anything new. Why aren't we doing it? Like, you know, how many how many times over does it need to keep on being said for over 3,500 years? You got to reinvent the wheel, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you are in the fire service, so you know this. <laughs> yep. No, we can't do it the way they do it. We're going to do it our way. Yeah. Even if you're not a, a religious person, then that's 
you know, personal choice. I'm not knocking it one way or the other. But if you, there's so many lessons in there. Yep. That just apply to life in general, whether you believe in God or not. Yep. It's just take the lessons away and the lessons themselves will make you a better person. Yeah. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to push religion on anybody. Right. Definitely That's not. a personal choice. Yeah. No, I, but I like the lessons in it and I like the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. It's like you said, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's, that's something that it's a proven method and it works. Span of control. Yeah. Yep. I wonder, mean, wonder why we have that. Right. And, yeah. and <laughs> incident management. And listening to the wisdom of your, of your elders, mm-hmm. guys who have that experience. Yeah. Who are around you, who do care about you. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. They probably got a lot of wisdom in that. So, just so long as they're not Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be of, discerning. He, he had a lot of wisdom in evil. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> he can manipulate very well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where you got to, you know, that's the important part of being picky and choosy of who you associate with. Mm-hmm. And who you decide to listen to. Got to pick mm-hmm. the right mentor. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of why that father, Moses' father-in-law was like, choose people full of wisdom, mm-hmm. integrity, humility, and are caring. Like yeah. He was like. Yeah, these are the attributes you should be yes. looking for. Yeah. Not the super prideful and arrogant, like, <laughs> yeah. we don't need those people. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, you, know? you wouldn't ask the Pharaoh to come over and help you out. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great thing to close it off on. So, we'll leave it at that. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. You guys back. are awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're awesome. Yeah. This yeah. is a fantastic conversation. Heck yeah. Love what's nerd. Next, what's the ne- what's the next <laughs> one yeah. we're gonna do? The next <laughs> one we're gonna. I don't know. We'll have to find something though. But yeah. Oh, hell yeah! Sure. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Get a having a. The support of chief staff and the fire department for mental health. It is a there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Yeah. Just thought, pros and cons. Yeah. I, yeah. I, was, I was thinking more TV series. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. I, yeah. yeah. That's where was I was thinking, going. <laughs> what series are we going to dovetail yeah. mental health with next? Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, what else can we help ruin for somebody? <laughs> now they're gonna go back and watch and be like, "Shit, <laughs> should have kept my mouth shut." Oh yeah, the one thing that we didn't talk about that you and I had talked about was the uh, the four legged general or forearm general. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we hit that next mm. time. Yeah, we'll start off with that and then move into the next series. Yeah, just gotta figure out what the next series is. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. If you are struggling, reach out. There are resources out there. If you know somebody that's struggling. Reach out, let them know that you care, let them know there are resources out there to help them out, and uh, thanks for stopping by.